No, are you going to kick us off? Yeah, I'm going to kick us off. I'm going to kick off episode 110 of Corporate Lunch. We have a, a full squad today and uh, important things to talk about, such as Sam's new haircut, how Sam's hair smells, <laughs> what types of hair products Sam is using, um, how Sam's hair changes in texture over the course of the day, which you know how it's like your hair is really different in the morning than it is at the end of the day. Um, just well, kidding. Welcome to episode 110 of Sam's hair. <laughs> an important new chapter. A, we a have podcast re- from, by GQ. We have, we have rebranded. Yep, this is the GQ podcast about, formerly the GQ podcast about clothes, now the GQ podcast about Sam's charming uh, little boy haircut. <laughs> Sorry, that, no that sounded way uh, ruder than I got intense. <laughs> <laughs> No, I'm, Welcome I'm, I'm to the new it. GQ podcast, it. HR. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to the new GQ podcast, a visit from HR. <laughs> Today, um, I think the thing on everyone's mind that we really have to address, the elephant in the fashion closet, is uh, winter coats. To me, the imp- most important thing right now is to recognize that for many of us, our social life for the next six months is going to exist outdoors. So whatever you thought, like, let's just, we can start with the premise of just like necessity. The the point is we need coats. In short, coats. In short. Well, I just think a lot of people maybe have like kind of written off the idea of like fashion or clothes or buying something or thinking about wearing a thing given the circumstances. But I I think what's really happening in fact is, is, uh, is real necessity and, and deep thought about our coat lives, our outerwear lives. I think Rachel very helpfully articulated the coat situation for GQ.com this week. Rachel, Rachel, what, um, what, what were you, what, like, when do you know that you got like a post, uh, burbling? You know what I mean? When you've got some, like, we all have loose thoughts, but when does it start to cohere? And what were you thinking that led to your, led to your coats post? Well, I guess I, you know, when I went to the Prada store with my two close friends, Noah and Sam, I was just drawn to the coats. Like that's all I wanted to look at. Um, and in fact, there was like, you know what, you know, in a store where there's like a little bit of like light ventilation and the clothing is sort of like moving. Like I saw <laughs> a little flutter, fur, a little fluttering. fur coat. Yeah, this fur coat that was sort of like, you know, blowing in the wind yeah yeah it was like being underwater um and i thought what i need is a coat and i thought well why do i need a coat and i started asking people what they were buying like that's kind of like you know when i've gone to my socially distanced gatherings that's what i'm asking about and people were like you know i've actually been like really looking for a coat and it was sort of like like on the dl like they sh- they know they shouldn't be doing it but it's like you know do you know anyone who can get me a coat man like that's kind of like what i'm looking for you have a coat guy rachel yeah <laughs> um so anyways then i thought well if if people are admitting this to me at parties it must be something worth writing about why were people uh ashamed to admit it it seems well because it doesn't seem like something it yeah it seems kind of extravagant i think The interesting thing that I was thinking about this summer when I was watching like the Prada shows is that we think that like rich women really love handbags, but in fact, what they love is coats. Mm. And that's like the ultimate expression of like elegant rich woman style. So it feels like a luxurious kind of like protection I think you could say the same thing about men. People think men love um, sneakers and, and baseball hats, but really men love coats. It's like yeah. outerwear, yeah. outerwear is what drives, you know, menswear.com in a, in a big way. Totally. Outerwear is king. Yeah. I mean, and- I was, uh, go ahead, no. I, you know, it makes sense. It's, it's like, in a way, it's like the, the, if it's gonna be like the most expensive piece in a collection, it's kind of a piece that gets the most design attention often. You know what I mean? Like it's often a big statement to be made. So there's reason to be sort of like excited about it. Plus it's- The other thing is you can, a little bit like sneakers, which you can wear over and over again. Like nobody looks at you like you've got a problem if you wear the same pair of sneakers three times in one week. Mm -hmm. And the same is true for a coat. 
like you can rewear a coat in a way that you can't rewear a shirt right you know um and i think that in a way it like yeah when you choose a coat you're choosing like your whole winter wardrobe basically choosing your personality <laughs> you're choosing your whole soul uh i i was recently um did a massive project of uh like reshuffling between my apartment and our storage unit um because like spending so much time in the apartment you just can't have like shit everywhere you know with like two people and two cats in here all day every day um so we just did a massive like um declutter and minimal minimizing and i set up this like elaborate closet system in our storage unit Mm. um so everything would be like really organized and it would be like nice to be in there and that if you needed to go to the storage unit like just to get a coat like literally go there to do one thing get a sweater get a pair of boots get a coat and leave that it would be like a nice experience and not super traumatic you know the climate controlled will welsh archive this is like a it was a mega it, to be honest it was a mega undertaking can you Break down that what's the system like? Is it like wire rack shelving and things in bins on the shelves or something? Like, what did you? Yeah. So I went to the container store and got three like industrial level. I now love the container store. And they, yeah. by the way, they, they also love me. We have, sure. a deep relation, we have a deep relationship. I got these three like industrial, like professional grade um, clothing racks that have these big, really nice dust covers over them. Um, and then there's a, the, the top of it is a shelf and the bottom of it is a shelf. And then I got drawers, you know, I'm very tall. So like to me, the top of a big coat length clothing rack is very accessible. Yeah. So I got these plastic drawers that fit one, two, three on top of each of these three like mega rolling racks. And they're, they're on, they're on wheels and the wheels lock and like the whole thing, the, um, the dust cover, you can like fold it back and then pin the, mm -hmm. you like open it up and unfold it and then pin the sides up. So it just sits there open. So I like went on, I went into the storage unit with all this stuff and like put on music on like a little speaker and just like built these things and set the whole thing up. And now it's like, now I'm actually sleeping there. It's actually yeah, I was going to really say, it sounds like you yeah. should put like an armchair and an ottoman in there and like kind of create a lounge. Yeah, a humidor with my cigars. Yeah, um, full length. Uh, but what I decided is that at least for the early, like fall and early winter, I'm mean, at least going to try this. But now it's very easy and very pleasant if I need to change my strategy. But I have one like um, wool top coat, and I have one like rugged kind of badass New York winter coat. So it's like a tech fabric and like a natural, uh, a natural fiber. And that's it. No other coats in the apartment right now. Uh, I have an A coat and a B coat or two A coats, two wow. coats. Yeah. And I'm going to see how far I can get. Can you drop the, uh, the brand names for us? Can you add some brands? I can. Yeah. Um, the, the top coat is Caruso from that moment when Caruso was just absolutely slaying. And there have since been, um, the brand has changed ownership and really um, they have a whole new approach, which last when we were in Italy in January, it looked like it was, it was their first introduction and it looked like it might get good, but I'm still like mourning this moment when we were doing GQ style Caruso was having like yeah. a crazy, crazy fly moment. Caruso was the shit. Yeah. Yeah. So this is a coat that I've had for a few years, but I absolutely love it. It's like, um, kind of like a rich blue that looks almost purple with like a plaid through it and it's understated but like kind of psychedelic and then um, I have an Alix Montclair like big old New York motherfucker of a coat it has the buckle like inside the interior of it and I can't figure out how what I'm supposed to do with that like one thing you can do with it is care it's like a big heavy coat and you can like carry the coat with it you know you like put yeah. your arm through the like seatbelt buckle shoulder and strap. carry it that way yeah shoulder strap but I don't know what I don't fully understand this coat's utility but it's warm and it's really sick 
Is the plan you like, are you anticipating what will happen will be like a sort of a natural um, process of elimination or like something where eventually if these two coats get you by, then they get you by. If you find yourself gravitating towards the storage unit and like swapping, there'll be like a natural rotation that, and somehow you will land at like the ideal like inventory of like what's in stock in the apartment versus what's in storage. You know what I mean? Like, what do you anticipate? How do you anticipate this going? The basic theory is that like one day in the imagined future, I will have space for my stuff. That day is not, (laughs) but that day is not today and tomorrow doesn't look good either. That's like the, that's where I'm operating from. So I'm not like, also the stuff that I buy is like classic, stuff very quality list that doesn't go out of style so i'm like i'm not getting rid of this stuff because if 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 it's eight years from now that i actually have room to like have the everything at hand then fine it'll be eight years from now and i will still like this like this stuff but from now when i'm spending so much time at home like i will do anything to not have that feeling of like if you like one shelf might burst open and then the whole place is just going to explode, yeah. you know, or that feeling. Do you guys know that feeling where you come home and you take off your shoes and you put your keys down and put your bag down and the whole apartment feels like a mess Yeah, <laughs> yeah. because everything is like, like it can't, it's like the straw that broke the camel's back when you like put your keys on the counter. Yeah. Um, so I'm, I'm like fighting that at all costs. I will wear the same thing every day if I don't have to feel like that during this period where home is just like one's whole life. Yeah, I had a similar thought recently. I feel like I'm overflowing. I'm jammed into, a, I've had a weird living situation for the last few months, living in a tiny, tiny space with a couple other people and we're just overflowing out of it. And I'm like acquiring stuff as I go, which I didn't anticipate happening, but it is happening. And uh and then I just had this kind of like abstract thought that was like, man, I wonder, like a man could live with one pair of pants. Like, I mean, you know, you'd have to have another pair of pants to wear when those ones are dirty or something. So maybe two, but even the, the second one is just like a reserve backup pair. It doesn't even have to be like official. It's just kind of like for when you're cleaning the other ones. And then I just, I was like, would that be like the ultimate, like what's the most luxurious thing? What, what would be the peak? I know, Rachel probably hates this idea, but like, would it be better to have the one ultimate pair of pants and that's it? There's never a decision. You're always happy with them. They're always the right ones and they're perfect. Or would it be better to have 30 pairs of perfect pants from which to choose? What would be? (laughs) This is among life. This is among life's most existential questions. Yeah. And I really couldn't. And like either one, not that either one is like the reality, like you're not either, you're not going to have all of the good pants and you're not going to have the one pant that's perfect all the time, but like, which, which way are you like drifting? You know what I mean? And I mean, I spent, I spent 10 years of my life looking exactly the same every day, very intentionally. Yeah. Well, it's like basically no change. So just you bend that. walk out of the door and look the same every day. And then you don't have to think about it. And that was awesome. And then I got really sick of it and also doing the opposite and having a bunch of stuff and just totally like having to make it up every morning is also awesome. Yeah. So the answer is yes to your question, your existential question. The answer is yes. A couple of years ago, I would have come down like firmly on the side of having 30 pairs of pants. Um, One time I was interviewing uh, the young designer Kiko Kostadinov and he was telling me about the like his grail Prada trousers, which were from like three years ago. And they were, I think, brown houndstooth, like really like micro houndstooth. And they were like over dyed with this like crazy, like almost like black dye. Uh, and, and they had sort of like a, a classic, you know, like wide cut. They didn't, they don't really look anything like a pair of pants that he would make. Um, and he wasn't wearing them at the time because I don't, I don't think he'd purchased them yet. But he had been, he was telling me about like how he was like hunting down these trousers and they're so, ex- he was like, yeah, like, I don't know, man, they're like so expensive. Like, but my friends keep telling me that like, I have to buy them. Like I'm obsessed with them. I can't stop thinking about them. And when I get them, I'm going to wear them every day. Like they're Dickies. And I was like, or, damn, that's tight. Like, yeah. I like that idea. Just buying like the most perfect, beautiful, expensive pair of trousers. And then just like wearing them absolutely to death. Like they're a pair of like, 
you know, $40 Dickies. That's Rachel, why Kiko's I'm like, Kiko. I'm thinking, I'm thinking about this from a very like, uh, caveman apocalypto like pandemic like pure pandemic survival like must clean out cave yeah <laughs> like kind of approach but what is the like what is the like fashion moment saying about this um well i think that the the one thing that the thing that resonated for me most that i heard from a designer was actually from a piece a couple of years ago that Alice Gregory wrote about Comme des Garçons menswear, um, I think for T Magazine. And Kathy Horn like brought it up again in her interview with Rei Kawakubo. And Rei Kawakubo essentially said that like, she wants clothing that's like really difficult to wear and creates problems for the people <laughs> wearing it. And that's I was so like, that's, that's the coolest thing I've ever heard. Like, that's all I want to do. Like, I, yeah. I like, I, I sort of miss like being on the subway and sort of like, oh, sorry. Like, yeah, my weird yeah. big skirt is like in the way. <laughs> well, let me read um, origami my outfit yeah, so that you might yeah. sit down. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I really like that. I and you know, like I, um, I remember like the first couple of months when I was working at GQ, I was like, I got, I'm gonna bring out all the like cool stuff that I have. You know, I'm like gonna wear my crazy like, Comme de Garçon like pinafores and like that sort of thing. And I would feel kind of like dopey a little bit, like oh, like the straps are falling down, or like this is like an awkward thing to like sit in these like meeting chairs. But I really liked that. Then I was like, this is great. I can't believe I get to work at this place where I'm in this, I'm awkward in this meeting chair. And like everyone's like, hey, like, thanks for being here. Yeah. So, no, I don't know. You're, like, you're of... like bringing a little bit of sauce to like a corporate cubicle that isn't supposed to feel like a corporate cubicle. It's like supposed to, this yeah. is fashion, darling, you know? Yeah. Um, so I don't know. I mean, I feel like, like the, a lot of the sort of um, shapes that were coming out of fashion week were like giant kind of blobs. And I think what was interesting about that was like, it's like an extreme sort of presence, you know, this idea that you're like really there and you're taking up a lot of space mm. with your clothing, which yeah. I think is cool because like for a while there were a lot of these kind of like oversized silhouettes that were about disappearing. And now the oversized silhouettes are about like extreme. Occupy. Uh, it's, yeah, yeah. It, it's also like a good, um, good way to keep people a little bit like don't breathe on yeah. me like yeah. I'm, you can't breathe like i don't need a mask because I've, I've i'm protected by this blob yeah um it's really uh shout out to alice gregory for like asking ray a question that like comes up every six months yeah <laughs> that rules uh mobilaji has this really awesome um sometimes we'll be like going we'll be like doing a run through before a shoot and he'll like show me a coat or a pair of boots. And it's like, this is some driver shit. By which he means, you, if you don't have a driver, you can't wear this. <laughs> yeah. Like, like, but then the other approach is basically to buy some clothes that you shouldn't wear without a driver and then like go get on the C train. Yeah. <laughs> and totally. be like, you know, let me, excuse me, let, as I rewrap myself. Sam, what is your, uh, what's your coat status? Let's, let's keep the coat status check going. We got Will. Will's on the two-piece rotation, uh, natural fabric and uh, synthetic apocalypse and, um, you know, out, outdoor dining, perhaps. No outdoor dining, but yes, I know. It, but it's a fair framing, but just for the record. Evening constitutional through Fort Greene Park or. Um... Perfect. <laughs> Perfect. The evening constitutional, yeah. Cigar on the roof. My rotation, I don't, I haven't acquired a new coat this year yet. I'm, I'm on the hunt. Right now I have an Arcturix Valence jacket, um, like black sleek puffer thing. And, um, and then I have a- Save it for the jackets, save it for the jackets episode. It's like, it, it's weird because it's slim. <laughs> it's slim, but it's like the warmest fucking thing I've ever worn. It's, it's just packed with elite 
Arcteryx technology that makes it like extremely, uh, extremely efficient in trapping heat, I guess. Um, and then I have a Supreme Laura Piana coat with like a faux fur lining from I think two years ago. Um, that's just kind of like the perfect car coat. So I'm not sure why I would get another overcoat. But what I'm really thinking about is uh, like, I just love the idea of the non-coat outerwear coat thing, like, like just an enormous, like wearing like three enormous sweaters or like one huge oversized blazer that sort of functions as a coat. Um, I'm also so really- So then you get coat-like warmth from a, from a non-coat garment. From, from a non, form. from like, yeah, from like a non-overcoat, yeah. non-puffer. That's cool. Um, so you, you know, need you one know. of those giant, Sam, you need one of those giant RAF cardigans. Yeah. yeah, you do. I don't mean like a little bit roomy. I mean like one of those monster like moth-eaten joints from a few years ago. Yeah, those are so good. Well, remember the the Raf from the same collection, the Raf puffer that was like the size of a of a small sedan. <laughs> those things yes. were so good. Um, I've been looking on Grail to try to find. I don't. I don't think I would actually buy one. But like, if you're sitting outside a little outdoor dining in like February. There's literally no better coat than the Ralph like oversized puffer from whatever that season was, like four years ago, three years ago. There are some good um, Rick Owens Montclair puffers mm -hmm. that I was looking at yeah. yesterday. There's one with like a, a wrap sort of thing, like that creates a turtleneck that is really cool. I was just walking down the street the other day and I saw someone wearing one of the Rick Owens Mulcair puffers, but it's just like shearling. There's like a huge panel of shearling on the back. It's so cool. Oh, Rick, Rick is just like, okay, the coat's perfect, and I'll just put a dead woolly mammoth on it. <laughs> yeah. There's a really incredible video that I encourage all of our uh, listeners to view that uh, Rick posted on his Instagram, which is like 10 minutes of an incredible and bizarre Michelle Lamy, like performance piece created, I, I suppose, for the puffers, <laughs> which goes on for a long time. And it's sort of like her walking through these like steamy rooms screaming. And then <laughs> at, approximately, at approximately nine minutes and 15 seconds in, a baby appears. <laughs> Um, and she FaceTimes Rick and Rick sings Rebel Rebel by David Bowie to the baby. Fantastic. And that's the end of the video. I mean. Fantastic. Do you think when they were making it, they were just like, just off the top, like, all right, camera's rolling. Let's like, let's figure out what to do. <laughs> you know? Yeah, I think so. It had that energy. It was actually just CCTV footage of Michelle doing what she does on Tuesday. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, the beginning is her in bed, like FaceTiming chefs. And the chefs are like, I made this plate that says like fame is hunger or something. And I mean, oh, cool. it's great. It's so great. I mean, it did make me want a coat. So <laughs> it worked. Rachel or Noah, we got to hear your coat setup. Well, 20, late 2020 coat setup. I have a million coats, but I, I have, I think I just got a new one from that Australian brand mantle, um, which I love. It's like a super heavyweight, like wax cotton exterior. And it's just the most, it's a giant down bomber. It's like, the what is mantle? It's, um, it's actually the brand that Evan Canori often shares the showroom with in Paris. It's like a small Australian brand that's like very kind of industrial themed. Like it, it, he uses a lot of like heavy hardware and like military nylon webbing and super, super heavy, stiff fabrics. Um, really simple garments. Um, it's starting to be like distributed a little more widely. It's at like Departmento in LA. CHCM sells some of it. When we did the August drops, that hat, with the Prada coat, that bucket hat was mantle. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Cool. Um, anyway, so I have this like bomb proof, incredibly warm diesel, gigantic down jacket that I hope to wear. And, by diesel. And, yeah. By the Italian brand diesel. And, um, <laughs> um, all my shit is in storage. So that's the only one I really have currently, but I want, I do, I am coveting a coat. Um, intensely heavily coveting 
a Raph Simmons made these like super boxy blazers, really heavy wool blazers. And that's what I'm coveting. It's like a navy blue wool square blazer that feels it's it's not an overcoat, but it it gives the idea. It's giving overcoat vibes, I would say. The current collection is the Solar Youth joint, right? Yeah. Yeah. You gotta get the muff. Yeah, you need I a muff. I think that dude. would be cool. Like the 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 blazer and the muff. Yeah. 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 So I guess that would be my it's kind of similar to what you're saying, Will. My rotation would be a really heavy blazer and this giant down thing. Yeah. Uh, but you never really know what kind of winter you're gonna get. God knows we don't know what kind of winter we're gonna get. <laughs> On any level. Well, one funny thing is like all question marks. The pandemic uh, backed up everyone's production schedules, right? So we're kind of like it's almost November, but my sense is that new collections are still arriving at retailers now. So it used to be the case that what's in stores now would be where we were we'd be at what mid August or something. Yeah, and it was always like this unrealistic thing. It's part of the broken fashion system that people talk about, which is that like the the schedule, the sales schedule doesn't really reflect like real life necessarily, and it accelerates a, a discount schedule, which means coats end up discounted in October, which is fucked for brands. Right, but, right when you need one. Yeah, yeah. and like anyway. So, but I feel like because of COVID, it's actually shifted the schedule to something like more realistic so we're actually coats are arriving in stores now when we're starting to think about them you know and potentially buy them which is just like it out of just an observation i feel like it's a thing that brands would like to keep doing somehow if they can and maybe it'll maybe this like reset has like adjusted that in a sustainable way maybe not but i really think i hope that what fashion brands do is related to i think how we're approaching things which is like when everything like not goes to shit but when everything just becomes a complete question mark and nobody has the answers right it's like nobody knows when we're when the vaccine is going nobody knows what's happening like second wave maybe so maybe not all this like people you just don't know right and so it's like choose your own adventure Right now, if you decide something clearly and commit to it, there's nobody who can tell you no. Right. We are going to deliver our coats, our fall collection on October 7th. Like, who's going to tell you absolutely not that is crazy? Like, you know, I don't know. Maybe there are some stores for whom that wouldn't work and they would push back or something like that. But it's just like, if you're just like really declarative about what your plan is going to be, I think it's like green lights all the way. And I agree with you, Noah, that like the more like from small fashion brands to us, uh, as we relate to like, I don't know, as we, as we make plans for GQ and GQ style, or as we figure out how we're going to relate to like office and stuff like that right now, if you've got a plan, that's like you're way ahead of the curve. And I think people will, people will encourage that. So yeah, long may that continue rather than people feeling boxed into like an industry's received wisdom that doesn't actually make any sense. You know? Totally. Yeah. Rachel, you just bought a coat. Did. Did you buy that vintage Armani coat or you found something else? Cause I you were jumping and Sam, a long gray Armani overcoat, probably like men's from the nineties. Mm-hmm. Did it have an original Barney's like label mm-hmm. in it? It did. Sick. Yeah. That's incredibly cool. Um, but you didn't get it. No, I didn't. You know where I had, just as an aside, my coat journey began at If Boutique in Soho, which yeah, I think is just like the on coolest earth. store in the world. I mean- That is the best place on earth, yeah. It really is. I mean, we, I went there with my boyfriend and he tried on, they just brought out every black coat and they just <laughs> let him try on every coat. And it was just like Yoshi Yamamoto, Paul Harnden, and like Junya Watanabe. Right. And like, there were there were designers that like I had not heard of, which was, that's like the ideal experience. It's like you go that's into a deep. store and you discover something that you've never heard of before. Did he try on any Elaine Dawson? Is that her name? That's like one of those cult designers. No. Like Paul Harnden's 
protege or something. Okay, cool. Anyway, deep fashion. Yeah. If was also like, um, so far ahead of like the curve and also so on their own shit that whenever you walk in there, it feels like this is how a store should be yeah. right now. And, but it never changes, Yeah, you know? So like the way stores are, are like presenting clothing and all that stuff has like evolved and changed a million times. And if is just always doing if, and it always feels right, which mm-hmm. is like a really twisted trick to play somehow. But yeah. for people who have never been there, basically you walk in and there's a bunch of space at the front and like some low lying tables that have like a bunch of stuff on them almost like coffee tables like really low and then the back is just racks that are like crammed with the best fashion on earth yeah and nothing is like pulled out and distinguished it's just like a bunch of cdg jammed onto a rack like paul harden which what like five stores in the world carry and nobody even can find him it's like just a (laughs) rack jammed with that like it's and then you got to like dive in and like get yeah. active. But then the salespeople are also really like opinionated and helpful um, and cool. And it's just like the, it's like a little trip to Soho before when Soho was like artisan loft Soho, mm-hmm. not Soho. when it was, um, you know, the UGG flag, the American UGG flagship or mm-hmm. whatever. There's a lot of people criticize if because the racks are so crammed, like people like kind of snobbier people who want retail to be like a serene, peaceful experience where you walk in a room and there's like two white shirts on a rack and that's all that's in the room. And it's all about like space and air and a vibe. And the beauty of if I think is what Rachel's getting at is like, it's just a giant dressing room. Like you're yeah. there to find a coat. They got all the best coats in the world there. They're not, they don't, really need to market them to you in some way that is gonna like they speak for themselves basically like that's a little bit the premise there Um, well I also just like it made me hate those boutiques where you go in and you like look at something and you walk away and the person comes over and is like like just adjust yes. the like you were like this slovenly person who was like tearing the coats apart but you really just like kind of touched it and then like walked away but person comes back and puts like their two fingers between each of the <laughs> hangers or something yeah i mean yeah they're if like you can't just... you tell we have a store here right yeah. crazy <laughs> monster <laughs> you're disrupting the narrative of the retail experience <laughs> um no because if it's just it's so much fun i mean it's like such a blast and they have all these pieces that are like i mean especially now like that it's hard to find Dries uh you know in america and i think they're like the i think they might be the only store in new york that like physically has yoji yamamoto that could be wrong but i think it is and it's one of the few places that has like jill sander um because there's not a freestanding jill sander store anymore anyways i had a blast there so if you're looking for a coat or even just a coat vibe that's a great (laughs) place to try on coat um but yeah so i decided i wanted like a big like slightly evil but not like too evil armani style <laughs> coat i f- actually found the the like murder coat like the the i made a deal and now i'm gonna like do something like really illegal armani coat on etsy and i think it's still there and it's only like 300 dollars. it's double double breasted jet black very pointy shoulders but it's just like, it's so what, aggressive. What era do you think it's from? I think it's from like 1988 or 89. Whoa. Yeah. And it has an original Barney's tag yeah. in it. Do you mean cool. the, like a sales tag or like sewn in? Cause no, it was like, like Armani for Barney's. Like made for Barney's. I for think this would have been a, a time when, I think at the time, like Armani would produce their collection and stores would get their labels put into the garment next yeah. to the brand right like it's not a private label thing but you wonder like was barney's ordering i guess they were kind of exclusive collections right yeah. like those barney's yeah. armani collections were only sold at barney's i guess at the time armani probably didn't distribute much anywhere else in the u.s but it was probably stuff made just for barney's mm-hmm. but i ended up buying a coat at a current affair which is a very famous vintage uh, market that happens like 
I think it happens twice a year. And I had stopped going because it's really expensive. Like you have to buy a ticket. And then the clothing yeah. itself is extremely expensive because it's mostly for like designers to go in and sort of like find pieces as inspiration. But they've been doing this pop-up in Industry City and it's free. Um, oh, wow. I've actually not been to Industry City. It was interesting. It's like a lot of buildings. <laughs> um, and then uh, and then like a hundred different places to get like soup dumplings. Um, it was kind of nice to be like back in a food court, you know, like, wow, yeah. 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 Um, anyways, they have this like great pop-up with all these like 10 to 12 vintage dealers and it's like rotating each weekend. So um, it's staying, the pop-up is, is like longer term than the, because the, Current affair is just a week, typically yeah. a weekend long event. Yeah, but this was just like I guess every weekend in in October, it's been like a different mix of designers. Oh, so I found a beautiful coat there. I just decided I was like, you know, I really want to be like an Eve Saint Laurent woman from like 1975. And I That's found the coat to go with that lifestyle. I'm not quite ready for that like evil Armani lifestyle. I don't mm. think I'm there. Do you yet. see it in your future? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I think. I mean, as soon as this pod wraps, I'm gonna go take a little take a little walk over to Etsy and think really hard about buying this Armani coat. Yeah. Because I think I'm ready for the evil Armani lifestyle. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And when I didn't buy it when you sent me the link because I was like, oh, this is Rachel's coat. She found it. She gets first dibs. But it sounds like you've you've I've gone a different on. direction. So you moved, moved on. on. And then Ra Rachel, like, can you say a little bit more about your anticipated coat wardrobe? Oh yeah. Okay. For so the next couple months and the role that this this new one plays. Well, this do you guys have like plays? five or six hours? <laughs> yes, absolutely. Okay. So <laughs> okay. So the 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 coat situation for me is that i have like i have a big beautiful gold metallic dries van noten coat with no fastenings or anything it just has a robe tie so that's like my favorite coat but it's kind of delicate like it's not something you can really wear every day but if i could wear it every day then i would um and then my puffer situation is actually a vintage rock aware puffer that's like a three famous. X. It is um, famous. It's famous. and it's amazing. I found it in a Rachel wore Rachel wore this 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 jacket. It's yeah, coat? I mean it fits me like a it's coat, a but it's I a guess, jacket. Yeah, because it was like designed to hit at the hip. So uh your first your first day at G GQ you wore that. Mm-hmm. I did. I'm trying to remember if I know what Noah or Sam wore on their first day at GQ. I'm sure it was like um, blindingly stylish, but it doesn't quite fasten in the memory quite like a 3X Rockaway. <laughs> quite like a 3X Rockaway no. jacket. Do you guys remember what you wore on your first day? I do. It wasn't Rockaway. I'm sure Sam wore a suit or probably a. I wore a. I didn't wear a suit, but I wore a blazer and I wore, and I wore Belgian shoes. What blazer? It was a it was an Ados blazer. True. I wore it was, it was like it was funny like I wore like a blazer and like trousers and a button down shirt and Belgian shoes and then literally like never wore an outfit like that ever again. To G you like wore I a lot of suits in the GQ. Yeah. I wore a lot of suits, but I was sort of like, okay, I, I don't know if this is like a suit Splitting the office difference. or if this is like really casual. So I'm gonna sort of I'm gonna wear a blazer because that feels like the professional thing to do. And then I was just like, oh, that's. I don't have to do this. Like, I can we wear a suit to, if I want. I can dress we don't down. Don't split if I want. differences. No. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No half measures here. Yeah. I think I wore at the time. I had this. I don't have it anymore. But I had this Kaisley Hayford suit with it. It was kind of oversized with a double-breasted jacket, and the fabric was like, it was like a cotton jersey. It was almost like a terry cloth. It was like a really textured cotton jersey. And it was like too big for me. And I got, I got it at Dover street. It looked really cool. I was just obsessed with it. And I think I probably wore that probably like on some, like, I'm going to show these like suit wearing GQ motherfuckers, like a cool weird guy in a cool suit. Um, it wasn't, it wasn't really that much of a statement. It was just kind of like a guy in a blue suit. Um, 
Hey, as long as it got the right like pep in your step for day one, that, it doesn't matter how it was received. Well, what did you wear on your first day? Oh man, two thousand and seven, April of two thousand and seven. I think I probably wore a. Uh, I probably wore a blue blazer, gold buttons, and an Oxford. Or um, I bought a polo suit. I, when I was coming to work at GQ, I didn't own a suit. And I went to the polo store in Atlanta with my dad. Um, I'm trying to remember why I would have been home. Oh, I took, I guess I had like a week off between my last day at the Fader and my first day at GQ. And I went back to Atlanta to see my parents. And my dad and I went to the polo store in Lenox Mall. And I bought a suit that I still have and still wear. Um, and it was kind of like, it's just like a, a chalk stripe suit and at the time it was like uh i can't remember it has it has some like, it's named after some like cool street in new york it was their like cool young guy oh, yeah. suit at the time and you know like this is 2007 we had not been through all of these eras of like layers of like men's fashion and and the cut of suits like referencing themselves and stuff like that so it was just like this is for the cool guy who who likes it to like actually fit basically i don't want to say skinny because in 2020 that'll set off like a whole yeah. chain of of thoughts that have nothing to do with what was happening in 2007 but you know the pants fit more like jeans that were meant to be worn lower and and yeah i still wear it actually all the time it's like a uh, winter weight suit so i guess i wouldn't have worn that yet um that suit still looks good I like that oh you know what thank you sam there was a time where whatever I wore on my first day was still on my content ass corporate under ID security card. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Anyway. And then I had another era of my security card where I was wearing a red shirt with weed leaves all over. It. <laughs> <laughs> and I was just like on my corporate ID. <laughs> also funny because like, to be very honest, I'm, I'm not a pot smoker, but um, anyway, <laughs> <laughs> Rachel, I think it was I think it was a blue suit and an Oxford and I used to have a um like a Nantucket bracelet, you know, like a braided like sail bracelet that oh, you yeah. kind of wear until they fall off. I had on one of those and I carried around my contacts T three everywhere. Um I kind of I kinda had to scrape together something. I was like I had right now you can wear whatever the fuck you want to GQ. Yeah. At the time it was not like that. And I was and I didn't have any of the like the toolkit. Like I didn't people wore a certain kind of thing at GQ back then and I didn't own any of it. So it was like I had to figure it out. But you were But aware I guess that's kind of a lie because I was like at the, I guess that's untrue because sorry, I'm I'm my brain is not operate chronologically and I'm trying to parse through this. But at the time I would like wear reptiles and stuff to Max Fish, which was like really <laughs> weird. Not weird, just different. <laughs> just different, different. Anyway, enough. Rachel, we, we were on your Rockaware jacket that is in, to you a coat. Yeah, well, it's the warm, it's like the warmest thing in the world. Um, so that's like my big piece of like when it's really freezing outside, I wear that. If it's really, really freezing outside, then I'll put like a Patagonia puffer under it, like a shell. Um, and then- The Rockaware is nylon, not leather, right? Yeah, it's nylon. I love a double puffer look. Mm -hmm. just puffers on puffers. Yeah. Um, well, I was just gonna say, that's basically like my whole coat wardrobe. I have like some, what like I have something that's a like a blanket like it's that I got at Mellet Mercantile. Mm. Um, I don't have any like normal stuff. I don't like <laughs> 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 like when you, you guys at the beginning when when Will was like and I've got like this really practical like beautiful wool coat and then I've got this nice puffer. I was like, huh? 
Yeah, 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 man, yeah. But I you told you, just like it's like a caveman just trying to trying trying to get through it. You know, one day I will be as um, avant garde as you, Rachel. It's very aspirational to me, but it's not not today. So, Rachel, you don't have like an extensive outerwear wardrobe necessarily. I think maybe this is like a a revelation. I have a lot of jackets. I love yeah. jackets. Noah, do you have the the new red Evan Canori coat that you wore um, in the quality list? No, I have this. I have that coat in green waxed cotton. Right. Um, but that coat sold out immediately on Evan Canori. Shout out because of that's the- because you wore it in GQ. Yeah. Yeah. Everything you touch just sale, flies, <laughs> flies off, off the like, shelves. Like when this when this episode hits, like you know the 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 podcast or wherever these things go the um <laughs> what was the brand in australia mantle mantle yeah get ready mantle coming for your e-com yeah for real if you yeah but i also strongly recommend getting a mantle down coat if you're serious about being warm and looking cool <laughs> no i didn't get that red coat i love that red coat i don't i don't i didn't strongly feel like i need to own it i do have a very large orange oh like wool coat I have many coats. I probably have 10 coats that I like or so. But that doesn't seem necessary. I don't know if it's going to come out this um, winter, but I have a like purple, reddish purple on me floor length Versace (laughs) top coat. Sick. It is. That's a lot of coat. Insane. Oh my God. it, it, It like touches my ankles. (laughs) <laughs> wow wow yeah yeah so i don't know who knows what 2020 and early 2021 hold but yeah right right now it's in the it's in the unit yeah it can't fit in the zoom box i'll tell you that much <laughs> you have to step way back i like the yeah. idea of like going to the unit means that like you need to like kick it up a notch like yeah, oh i got I, go yeah. I actually want this i want to redo or do a whole second episode just about will storage unit is it in walking distance from where you live it's one mile from here um but you know we have a car you just like zip straight shot just zip down there pop up on the curb park the car flashers on go up come down that has never been the setup but now that i have I've really gotten it there. We could we could do corporate. We could zoom. I could zoom from the storage unit. Yeah, yeah. let's do yeah. that. We got. Yeah. You that. should do an Instagram live from the a storage lot of people, Yeah. <laughs> when I got guys, you don't know like the sense of pride and accomplishment that I felt when this like whole closet situation was put together in there was immense, immense. I was like, I like floated out of the storage unit, like you know. <laughs> The clouds parted and the angels were singing hallelujah. It was like the best feeling I've ever had. Is there other shit in there? Or is it just your closet? Your like auxiliary closet? Yeah, there, no, there's other shit in there. There's like, you what? know, there's an art collection and a library and I see. So you guys all did the things full. all the things one isn't allowed to have when one lives in a small apartment in New York City. Yeah. But one has aspirations of one day. I just my goal in life is to one day have all my stuff at arm's reach but I have I don't know you got to be wealthy for that shit in New York (laughs) yeah like well like wealthy or you just have a lot less shit yeah but who uh, who wants that (laughs) (laughs) I think that's just not yes that's not my style yeah I think, yeah, I think you're totally right. Well, like just organizing things, like not even just getting rid of stuff, but just organizing things feels amazing, especially right now. There was a time where I would acquire shit that, you know, after a couple of years, like the only answer was to get rid of it. But those days have been over for long enough that I no longer have things that I, I no longer have anything clothing wise that I don't want to keep yeah. like literally nothing I was doing a purge and I was like I'm not getting rid of any of this I will definitely I will definitely want this again and so now I just need to like set up a way to get access to it without having it in a small Brooklyn apartment 
The most aspirational thing I think I've ever seen in New York is in the, in the, this is a crazy thing to say, in the Judd Foundation in Soho. You can go into Donald, you know, Donald Judd, the artist, had one of these old original cast iron buildings that he and his family lived in. And there's studio space and exhibition space and a bedroom and a kitchen and, and like Donald Judd's closet. And his clothes are in there. You know, it's all been preserved by his family. And he had this little walk-in closet. It was probably like the size of an office that was just like very neatly organized. It's from from memory, I'm, I may not have this exactly right, but it's like three racks, you know, clothes lined up. He has like fur coats. He was kind of a clothes horse. He had beautiful flannel shirts and like lots of beautiful coats, actually. He would just pop down to If and get a beautiful yeah, coat. Exactly. You know? It's right Back when if. Soho was Soho. Yeah. But it's just like this perfect, it's not a huge space, but it is like you walk into the closet and like, I was just like, this is it, man. Donald, <laughs> never mind the, the, the fame and riches and the Marfa and the everything he did in yeah. his career. This guy's fucking closet is, is his true uh, contribution uh, to humankind. I think well, it's interesting to it, think of Donald Judd as a clothes horse. Because people are like, oh, this minimalist. Like he probably much, just yeah. had one shirt and like one pant. No, he had a lot of clothes. Donald Judd, though, was nothing if not dialed, you know? Yeah. Maybe it's more that than it is, like, actually minimalist. That's true. And even, yeah, um, in there is, like, I have to go. Can you guys vibe without me? Yeah. Or yeah. just bring it home, bring We're it home in whatever form you want without me? We've provided vibes. This whole episode is, has been vibes, many, many vibes. Thanks for joining. All right. I'm going to jump. 110. Later, y'all. Bye.